So today, as we gather, as, as you know, um, it, it's Father's Day, right? We just sang, uh, Father love is reigning o'er us, right? We have a good heavenly Father. Uh, we also have a number of very good fathers in this room uh, who I want to honor and celebrate. Thank you for the love that you show, the ways that you show the love of God, our Father, in the world around us to your own children. Uh, we honor you today, and we celebrate. Uh, today is also uh, another special day. Uh, it's, it's a day that, that some of us have only recently come to learn about called Juneteenth. I grew up knowing about it. I grew up in Texas, um, and so that, that was a, a regular celebration there, but it's a day uh, when our country celebrates the freedom of slaves, the day whenever slaves were, were set free. Uh, we just sang joyful, joyful, we adore thee. For many decades uh, in African-American churches, this Juneteenth Sunday has been known as Jubilation Sunday a day for rejoicing in freedom, uh, rejoicing in life being a little bit closer to the way that it's meant to be. Uh, and so we are today celebrating our God, God, our Father, and celebrating freedom. Uh, and so every, every week we gather and we pray the Lord's Prayer, which begins with those words, Our Father in heaven. Today we're going to begin praying this prayer, but we're not just going to pray it here at the beginning. We're going to spend the rest of our time together reflecting on the words of this prayer. Through song, through scripture, uh, we're going to just travel a little bit deeper into this prayer we pray together each week. Uh, so several other people will be coming up and uh, reading some scriptures and, and some, some brief reflections throughout our time together. Uh, and it will be a time of worship and reflection. And so let us begin with this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, the prayer begins with these words. What kind of father is this? Is he angry and disappointed? What does it mean that he's in heaven? Is he distant and unconcerned about us? Hear how Jesus describes our father in heaven. From Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you much more valuable than they? 
Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to their life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, or tomorrow worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Hallowed be your name. A person's name is their identity, and it is how they are known. To say that God's name is holy is to say that God is holy. Let us praise the name of our holy God together with the words of Psalm 8. So I'm going to read the... You guys are going to say the bold, and I'm going to read the, the smaller ones. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and their avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. Your kingdom come. As we pray for God's kingdom to come, we ask for the arrival of a world completely different than our own a place where wrong things are made right, where peace is possible, where death becomes resurrection. Here Jesus described this upside-down kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
After contemplating heaven, holiness, and the kingdom, this line is a prayer that these transcendent things would be near, would be here on earth. Can you imagine a reality in which heaven and earth are one? Scripture invites us not only to imagine, but to look forward to it. Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's, sorry guys. I think what I'm feeling is that if this isn't true, then nothing is. All right. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. These lines of the prayer offer a request for bread and for forgiveness, which brings us to the table, the place where we receive bread as a sign of forgiveness. I told you that I'm not going to preach today, but I do want to share a few words as we come to the table. Uh, Back when I was in grad school, I took a preaching class where we had to get up and preach little sermons uh, in front of the rest of the class, and afterwards everyone would, you know, share their feedback and reflections and so on. And the day that I was assigned to preach was a very special, a very unique sort of day. Uh, See, our class met on Wednesdays, and the day that I was going to be preaching for my class was Ash Wednesday the day that marks the beginning of the season of Lent. When we traditionally hear these words, you are from dust, and to dust you shall return. Ash Wednesday is this day to remember and reflect on the reality of death. And so that was stirring in me as I prepared this this time to, to, to come to my class. But this was not even Ash Wednesday. It was not just any Ash Wednesday. This particular year, Ash Wednesday was on February 14th, Valentine's Day, right? A day that, uh, you know, is about celebration and love. And so, uh, you know, I could have just ignored all of that. I'm like, all I need to do is preach a sermon for this class to get a grade, but I just couldn't help myself. I was determined to find a way to link together this day where we remember and reflect on death with this day that we remember and reflect on celebrate love. And I found the perfect verse that that tied all of this together. It was Song of Songs 8-6 is what I did. Love is as strong as death. 
jealousy as demanding as the grave. Perfectly tied together the theme of love and the theme of death, and so I preached uh, perhaps one and only Valentine's Ash Wednesday sermon. Um, and it, it was great. So, as we mentioned at the beginning, today is Father's Day, a day to honor and celebrate fathers. It's also Juneteenth, a day to remember the freedom of former African-American slaves. And so as I was reflecting on these two things, I arrived at a passage that holds these two things together, which I want to reflect on as we come to the table. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You see, as followers of Jesus, we have received the Spirit of God, which sets us free in the love of our Father. It is by the Spirit that we cry, Abba. Spirit, it's by the Spirit that we can call God Daddy. And we can live in the freedom that He gives us. But we cannot celebrate our freedom in Christ without also acknowledging the ways in which we have failed to live in Christ. In the same way, we cannot celebrate the freedom of slaves without acknowledging that there was a time when people were enslaved. In the words of the Lord's Prayer, we cannot ask for forgiveness without acknowledging that we need forgiveness. You see, when troops arrived down in Galveston, Texas, on that first Juneteenth, their announcement was a word of freedom to some, but it was a word of repentance to others. It was a word that brought freedom to those who had been enslaved, but it was a word of repentance to those who had enslaved them. And for us, the, the gospel is both. For us, the gospel is a word of freedom and a word of repentance. The gospel calls us to repent of our sins, but it invites us into the freedom of Christ. The, the, the freedom that we have in God, who is our Father. And so as we come to the table, it is a place to celebrate the freedom that God gives, but it is also a place to ask forgiveness where we need it. And so I want to ask, what are the ways that you need forgiveness today? Is there anyone or anything that you need to forgive today? What are the ways that you want to be more free. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This next line of the Lord's Prayer begins with the words, lead us, lead us. I love that. You see, God does not give us bread and forgiveness so that we can sit back happy and plump like a Thanksgiving afternoon. He feeds us and forgives us so that he can lead us back out into the world to offer this life that we have received to others. And this Romans passage that we've just read also continues after we've received freedom in the Spirit and rejoiced as children of the Father, it goes on to say, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Creation is waiting in eager expectation for who? The children of God. Creation is longing to be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of who? The children of God. We receive the freedom of the Spirit and the joy of the Father so that we can become a force of redemption in the world. So that we can bring this freedom and joy everywhere we go. And in the Lord's Prayer, we receive bread and we receive forgiveness so that we can be led by God into all that is before us. This line of the prayer is meant to prepare us for all that is to come as we seek to live in God's kingdom every day and everywhere we go. And so we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so as we look toward the week ahead, who might God be leading you to love and serve? Just as we have received God's forgiveness and freedom, is there anyone you know who needs that same freedom? Where are the places in the world that need to look a little bit more like the kingdom of God? How might we go into those places not out of temptation or evil, but to join God in bringing God's kingdom to each of those places. Yours is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These are the final words of this prayer that Jesus has taught us to pray. And today they are words that send us out into the coming week. As we go, we go trusting that everything belongs to God. We don't have to be anxious. Our good Father is with us. His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory forever and ever. Amen. We await the day of his kingdom to come. As you go into this week, may you walk in the kingdom of God, in the knowledge of his love, trusting that he is a good father and he is leading us into freedom. As you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the light of his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May God smile upon you and give you his peace. Go in peace. Amen.